following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go Slander my name all over the place I'll do anything that you want to do But uh-uh, honey, lay off my shoes and don't you Okay, thank you, Elvis, and welcome once again to Dunn's Deal. This is the place where I do the dealing, and I deal them fairly. Just like Wyatt Earp down in Tombstone. So... I've got to get back to uh, my introduction. (laughs) Joe Biden is not the president. He's the thief in chief, the pretender to the throne. Donald J. Trump is the true president. And he'll be back one of these days. Don't you worry about that. (laughs) I'll be back. And... Oh, boy, the former president, Barack Obama. Oh, boy, he said a whole bunch of things about First Amendment issues and disinformation and lies, and which is something that he knows a lot about, disinformation and lies. But it's incredible. I've got some cuts by him, which I should prepare but, um, oh, 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 it's up the other way. 33, there we go. So, anyhow, Obama says he regrets surrounding deficit. <laughs> Obama says he, he has regrets surrounding disinformation in the 2016 election. Former President Barack Obama on Thursday, this is last Thursday, said that he still holds regrets for failing to see the rampant spread of disinformation within the U.S. while he was president, particularly around the 2016 election. In a speech at Stanford University on the dangers of disinformation, Obama touched on the 2016 election which U.S. intelligence has long confirmed Russia meddled in. Uh, This U.S. intelligence, would this be the same group of people that said that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation? Uh, They said that before the 2020 election. Now it turns out, oh, gee, maybe it was real after all. You know, oopsie, I made a mistake. U.S. intelligence isn't too intelligent, are they? The former president said no one in his administration was surprised Russia had spread disinformation across social media platforms in an effort to sway the election. But he regretted not fully understanding how vulnerable America had become to such content. What does still nag at me 
though, was my failure to fully appreciate at the time. Obama says he has regrets surrounding disinformation in the 2016 election, just how susceptible we had become to lies and conspiracy theories, despite having spent years being a target of disinformation myself. Okay, what Obama was saying is you're too stupid to discern truth from lies. Unless I'm there or somebody from the government is there to to hold you by the hand and, and tell you little boys and little girls... What this means or what that means, you, you can't think for yourself. You can't see through propaganda, which both sides engage in. But, <laughs> oh boy, everyone in government's engage in propaganda. But um, you're just too ignorant to know what's better for you. What's best for you, but it's incredible. So let's just go to uh, the big liar himself and see what he has to say. And meanwhile, sophisticated actors, from political consultants to commercial interests to intelligence arms of foreign powers, can game platform algorithms or artificially boost the reach of deceptive or harmful messages. Of course, this business model has proven to be wildly successful. For more and more of us, search and social media platforms aren't just our window into the Internet. They serve as our primary source of news and information. No one tells us that the window is blurred, subject to unseen distortions and subtle manipulations. All we see is a constant feed of content where useful, factual information and happy diversions and cat videos... Okay, let's go to the other cut as well. Even if similar levels of repression and lawlessness and violence and suffering don't always attract the same levels of tension if they happen outside of Europe. The fact is, autocrats and aspiring strongmen have become emboldened around the globe. They're actively subverting democracy. They're undermining hard-won human rights. They're ignoring international law. Worse yet, democratic backsliding isn't restricted to distant lands. Right here in the United States of America, we just saw a sitting president deny the clear results of an election and help incite a violent insurrection at the nation's capital. Not only that, but a majority of his party. Okay, so uh, there is the big lie on, on Obama's part. It was clear that the election was stolen from the stuff that the ballots being suitcases of ballots being pulled out from underneath tables in Georgia to uh, plywood being put up over windows after the uh, the poll watchers had been sent out of the room. Uh, Yeah. And then there was the truck driver in Philadelphia who he had driven from New York to Philadelphia with thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of uh, ballots in the back of his truck. And he told the FBI about it. And instead of the FBI doing something about the election cheating, 
they harassed him. And there was irregularities in Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, all over the place. The election was stolen. And now we've got the Biden administration wanting to come out and and have a ministry of truth. Just straight out of 1984, in fact, oh, brother, Tulsi Gabbard, she, she had something to say about, about what it is that Obama is doing with uh, this ministry of truth. It's going to be put into place by Homeland Security. There it is. Ministry of Truth. Department of Homeland Security forms disinformation governance board headed by a Russian collusion hoaxer. Uh, yeah, this uh, lady, let's see, what's her last name? Uh, there it is, Nina Jankowitz. She was just so certain about, about Hunter Biden's laptop being Russian disinformation, that it was a campaign trick by the, by the, the Trump administration. This was, that was two years ago, and she was making jokes about it, and she was laughing about how it, it was just pure Russian disinformation, when now it comes out that it is accurate and it is true. But this woman that that was pushing that that was a Russian collusion hoaxer back two years ago is now going to be in charge of a department that's going to be be looking at disinformation. And what is disinformation? It's like I say that the election was stolen. For four, it's going on eight uh, years now. Hillary Clinton has been saying that 2016 was stolen from her. She says it every time she gets in front of a microphone. What's the big deal? She can say it all she wants. She can, you can say the uh, the moon's made out of blue cheese. Doesn't make it blue cheese. The fact that I say something that you disagree with shouldn't bring the weight of the federal government down on me. But obviously it does now. The Department of Homeland Security is stepping up an effort to counter disinformation coming from Russia. It's always Russia. As well as misleading information that human smugglers circulate to target migrants hoping to travel to the U.S.-Mexico border. This, inf- this spread of disinformation can, attra- can affect border security, America's safety during disasters, and public trust in our democratic institutions, the department said in a statement Wednesday. It declined the, association, uh, the Associated Press's request for an interview. Of course, this is... The government that lied to us about Pearl Harbor, it it was a setup by FDR. They lied to us about the Gulf of Tonkin, which started the war in Vietnam. They lied to us about uh, yellow cake uranium being found in, in Iraq to get us involved in the Iraqi war. 
they lied about about Waco. They lied about Oklahoma City. There are so many lies that came out of this government. They, they covered up JFK's assassination. Um, oh, and of course, the recent one is that COVID is safe, that the COVID vaccine is safe and effective. No, it isn't. There's been 21,000 deaths recorded on the, the VAERS reporting system. That's the Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System that the CDC runs. And it was reported by Columbia University that that information was probably off by 20 times. So there's been hundreds of thousands of people that have died. And if I say that, I'm spreading disinformation. Also, uh, ivermectin works as uh, a cure against uh, COVID. Uh, same with uh, hydroxychloroquine when they're taken early. And uh, we all need to take vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. There's a lot of other things that uh, you can use, but I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. And what I really want to talk about here is the First Amendment. And if I can remind you, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or of abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. Well, guess what this department, this brand new department is going to do? It's going to be abridging freedom of speech and freedom of press because of disinformation. Gee, the First Amendment doesn't say anything about disinformation. doesn't say anything about, well... You have freedom of speech, but not if I call you a liar. If I call you a liar, you don't have freedom of speech anymore. So, nah. That part was taken out of the Constitution, you know. And freedom of the press. I brought this up um, a couple of weeks ago. Does that mean the freedom of ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, CNN? at all to um, get on, on TV and talk about stuff, to propagate stuff? Or are they talking about, and this is the 17th, actually the 18th century, freedom of the press being the freedom of the printing press. There was no radio, no TV back when they drew up the Constitution. So if you wanted to get something out and broadcast it, talked about this a couple of weeks ago too, to broadcast something isn't to have a TV show. The NBC, the National Broadcasting Company, ding, ding, ding. Now, ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. 
CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System, I think. <laughs> I've forgotten. But it's to broadcast, to cast broadly ideas or concepts. Listen to this little piece about the Puritans uh, way back when in the 1600s now, even before there was a constitution. <clears throat> Let me take a little bit of water here before I uh, read this piece. It's short, but this is the Puritans while they were in Leyden, Netherlands. While they seem to have a more spiritual freedom and to have enjoyed the, the society of their Dutch neighbors and established a good credit among them, they were confronted with a fear of final absorption in an alien country. They preferred to maintain their language and traditions as Englishmen and women. Moreover, King James was beginning to exercise an unwarrantable influence in the Low Countries. This went to the extremes of confiscating their types and presses and the suppression of religious matter printed and issued by William Brewster, the elder of the Leyden congregation. A compelling force seemed to drive them on to seek some place of permanent settlement. Hmm, I wonder where that place of permanent settlement was. Those are the Puritans who became pilgrims and, um, you know, settled in Plymouth Colony. Okay, now I want to jump ahead, uh, 1850s, 1860s, so I don't know, what's that, uh, 160 years later? Anyhow, th this is the Civil War, and uh, there's a recurring theme that I'm going to be showing you here. Okay, and like I said, this is the Civil War, and it, this is from an article called Stop the Presses, Lincoln Suppresses Journalism. Came out of uh, History Net. Okay, so, the United States is now at war with secessionism, he editorialized. Whatever ministers to it must be destroyed. Whatever stands in the pathway of our triumph must be overthrown. The Times adamantly rejected the vague notion afloat that freedom of speech carries with it some special and peculiar sanctity. So, this is... 80 years after the Constitution had been written, and this is the Times, the New York Times, saying that there is no freedom of the press. Hmm, interesting. At least not for Southerners, not for secessionists. Let me read a little more. Less than a week after that comment appeared in print, one of the newly minted generals under General Fremont uh, commanded... Command acted to suppress a newspaper in yet another Missouri district. His name was Ulysses S. Grant. Ever hear that guy? <clears throat> he did go on to become, uh, what was it, the 18th president? Anyhow, on August 26th, Grant moved not only against grocers uh, supplying food to secessionists, he also ordered 
the shutdown of the Boonville Patriot, published some 40 miles from Jefferson City. Bring all the printing material and type with you, he directed his troops. Arrest J.L. Stevens and bring him with you and some copies of the paper he edits. Uh, Stevens was no more entitled to civil rights grant maintained than other obnoxious Confederate sympathizers. So, General Ulysses S. Grant here wanted all the printing material and type. I assume that that would also mean the, the actual presses themselves that they use to print the material with. Oh, and there's one more. There's one from here, uh, right at the top of my pile. When the government declared war on the First Amendment. One hundred years ago, the U.S. government declared war on the First Amendment. It all started with the President Woodrow Wilson on April 2nd, 1917. Wilson urged the nation into battle against Germany in order to make the world safe for democracy. But the president also set his sights on certain enemies located much closer to home. Millions of people and women, excuse me, millions of men and women of German birth and native sympathy live among us, Wilson observed. If there should be any disloyalty it will be dealt with with a firm hand of repression. Isn't that interesting? The president that wanted to make the world safe for democracy was going to use repression in the United States in order to make sure that everybody was on the same page as him. Let's see. Oh, that firm hand came in the form of the Espionage Act, which Congress passed in June 1917 and Wilson eagerly signed into law. Among other things, the, the act made it illegal to convey information with the intent to interfere with the operation or success of the armed forces of the United States or to promote the success of its enemies. Let's see. If convicted of obstructing the war effort, the guilty party faced up to a $10,000 fine and up to 20 years in prison. And $10,000 at that time was a huge amount of money. I mean, it's probably $10,000 back in 1917. Oh, God. It might be a million dollars in today's money. Okay, there was a guy by the name of Charles Schneck. He was a socialist. And he got arrested. What was his crime? Printing and distributing thousands of anti-war leaflets. Schneck maintained that the First Amendment clearly protected his right to speak out in that manner against U.S. militarism. But his arguments fell on deaf ears. On March 3rd, 1919, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld his conviction. Did you hear that? The Supreme Court upheld the conviction against the First Amendment. And this is Oliver Wendell Holmes I'm going to quote here. He's one of the most famous jurists. Oh, everyone that studies law, oh, they look up to Oliver Wendell 
When a nation is at war, declared Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes in Schneck versus the United States, many things that might be said in a time of peace are such a hindrance to its effort that their utterance will not be endured so long as men fight. He waved away the First Amendment consideration. One week later, Holmes <laughs> dismissed the First Amendment yet again, this time upholding an Espionage Act conviction of uh, the union leader and perennial socialist party presidential candidate Eugene Debs, who had been arrested in 1917 after giving a mildly anti-war speech at an afternoon picnic. This man is palpitating the pulse of sedition crusade, federal prosecutor F.B. Kavanaugh declared on the trial. Oh, this is Holmes speaking again. One purpose of Deb's speech, whether incidental or not, does not matter, was to oppose not only the war, not only war in general, but this war. Holmes wrote in Debs versus United States. And that opposition was so expressed that its natural and intended effect would be to obstruct recruiting. This is incredible. I mean, the First Amendment was just thrown out. And it's 6.30 now. I should probably take a commercial break. Uh, when I come back on the other side of these commercials... I want to finish this up and then get into other related uh, issues. But um, you know, one of the things that was very interesting, I was watching a piece from Tucker Carlson last night. And uh, he was saying that the United States has, has never acted like a banana republic, has never used uh, the military or physical force to to you know suppress the first amendment uh sorry tucker i got you beat on this one during uh, president lincoln's administration the military went in and busted up newspaper uh places so the first amendment can be a very very fragile thing at times and we'll talk more about that when I come back. And oh, I should have some music going into this. I was just going to go straight into the commercial. There we go. This is always a good one. The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. 
George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island saw the Great Swamp Battle slash massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. This is Dunn's Deal, and we're talking about First Amendment stuff. And it looks like I've got a couple of callers here, so let's see what's on their mind. Go ahead, caller. What's on your mind? Click, click. Are we there? Did I lose you? Hello? Okay, we'll come back to you in a moment. Hello, caller. Hello. Are you there? Um, yes, I'm, I'm here. Um, what you're talking about tonight, I kind of thought about last night and had this thought, and I'll, I'll just read what I wrote down because I think it'll convey very something similar to what you're talking about. Even though we don't have an official state religion or church here in the USA, there is a state religion. The state religion has evolved and affects both left and right-leaning politics and everyone in between. Is the cult of compliance. No matter what your political convictions, others in your camp 
will never allow you to change your mind, to dialogue with those outside your camp, or even think differently from the group. If you do deviate from your group's credo, you will be excommunicated. As stated above, this affects everyone, eyes down. So perhaps we have all become a bit like Soviet Russia, North Korea, or China. Mind controlled by the cult of compliance knows no borders. There's a lot of that in politics, that is for sure. Um, yep. uh, what do you think about the specific attacks on the First Amendment with this disinformation board? Well, it smacks to me very much of what has gone on in the past in um, Nazi Germany and Soviet Russia yep. and what continues in Russia now. Well, it's going on here in the U.S. too. Yes, it is. <laughs> but but the point is, is why should we be empowering this and allow this to continue? Because That's a good question. I, I certainly don't, but uh, I seem to be in the minority. Well, I don't think that that should be happening either. But then again, as you were talking earlier, uh, this started with some of my ancestors, the Pilgrims and the Puritans. They were not tolerant. They were tolerant of their viewpoint, and that's about it. True. The, um, yeah, because uh, Roger Williams was kicked out of the Massachusetts colony, and yep. he had to go to uh, come here to Rhode Island. Yep. Uh, yep. And, uh, you know, you had the the Quakers and um, and whatnot in Pennsylvania, Maryland was where the Catholics went. Um, but it was yeah. easy to move, not easy, but you could leave a certain area and go somewhere else at that time. There's well, no we weren't trapped there's no free place. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was no um, cyber police to tra track and follow you. That's, that's what really but, scares me about all this yeah, stuff. But the greatest gift that Rhode Island gave our country, surprisingly enough, because we've become such a, um, a nanny state of this compliance doctrine, was the gift of freedom of religion. Because they did not want to sign on until that was guaranteed. Yep. And so I just wanted to bring that up. So thank you very much. You have a good night. Okay. Have a great weekend. Bye -bye. Yep. You bye too. now. Okay. Caller number one. And let's go to caller number two. Go ahead, caller. What's on your mind? Are you the... Hi, Jane. Okay. I know I, should, I know I should stick to the subject, but it's kind of about the war in Russia. Yes. I don't trust what they're telling us. Nor I, should I you. Just, I don't, yeah, I, I don't trust the, that pervert in the White House. <laughs> oh! That one, uh, <laughs> he is a pervert because yep. if you want to let minors have um, hormones and operations to cut off all their female or male parts, he is a pervert in plain English, and you shouldn't trust any of those people. So why should I believe what they're telling us about Russia? This is what I wanted to ask you. Uh, I, I wonder why, I, Sean. I, I, I don't trust him. Why, why was, why did Sean Penn just, he's a director, film director. And he an actor, yeah. He happened to be in, um... Ukraine over there uh, you know over there filming yep. a documentary and then the war started 
just happened to be there. Oh, what a bunch of BS. <laughs> I, you know, uh, well, uh, you know, because this is a very, um, I really trust this station, but I hate to tell you who it was because I'm afraid what they might do to them. Um, they were talking about Ukraine, how horribly awful place it is. It's like, uh, you know, they said, like, Ukraine is, like, one of the worst places around because they, um, it was, uh, yeah. I think his name is Dr. Lazarus, but some, I don't know, but he gave yeah, some, yeah, I haven't heard of him. Um, foreign names like that, so you really didn't know. But he said that Ukraine has, like, six times more abortions than the United States. And they it, that would be incredible. I thought the United States had the, the record. They, they also have the, the bioweapons factories that are there. And, yes. and everyone yes. in, in Congress is making money off of them, including Mitt Romney, who accused uh, Tulsi Gabbard of being a traitor um, when, when she stated that. Well, that doctor, he, I think he's gone to um, Ireland because he was a whistle, um, a whistle whistleblower. Yep. Yes. And that, um, you know, they would tell people, you know, women in um, uh, Ukraine, I call it Ukraine, but, and, uh, I mean, no, what was that, uh, that city with him? Anyway, I don't, I'm just going to make it real quick. But that they had, that their children had severe birth defects, and they would abort them, and they take um, the um, aborted fetal tissues, yeah, and they melt them down, and they make them into a like um, an injection, and they send this um, injection to different. Um, especially resort places where um, they claim that this will cure everybody of, you know, different... I've heard some stuff about that. Also, the adrenochrome where they take the blood from, from, you know, aborted babies or from young children and drink it. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of weird... um, satanic stuff that that goes on and you can get away with a lot of it in a failed country you know in a in a yeah, failed it, they state call, they called it um it's in Bar- barbados too where they give those injections like they're twenty five thousand dollars right I, i've heard about that but i, I don't want to get into that that's oh, i don't but, i don't know much uh, about that i have heard of it and it, if it's true it's very satanic so i, I just want to say the name they said in case you can find anything it was irm institute for Regener- regenerative medicine Institute for Regenerative Medicine. All right. Okay. okay. I just, I was wondering if you knew about that because I I've heard of it, but it's not something horrible. that I talk about on here because I haven't seen enough to be totally, uh, you know, confirmed about it. But okay. Megan Fox, who is a uh, an actress, was. Um, saying on TV, and I've seen this clip a couple of times, that she drank the blood 
of her boyfriend, and he drank her blood. So there are some people that are into yeah. some very satanic things, including drinking yeah. blood and, um, you know, call, and adrenochrome, which is supposed to be the blood of young children. Um, yes. But I want to get back to, all right, well, this you. is all freedom of speech, but this is okay, a little bye. further than I sorry. wanted to go. Thank, no, don't, don't be sorry. It's an interesting call, but I, I don't want to go there today. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Bye. bye. Yes, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in this world, but I want to wrap up uh, freedom of speech. Because it, it comes under attack from the government and from entities working with the government, like Facebook, like Twitter. I don't know now that Elon Musk bought it. Twitter may turn out to be something fairly decent. Um, and But <clears throat> fascism is a governmental system where the corporations work in conjunction of the government. So, yeah, the First Amendment applies directly to the government, applies directly to Congress, applies directly to Joe Biden. But Facebook can, can, uh, can censor you all it wants. Twitter used to be able to censor all they wanted. Now, maybe it'll get a little bit better. But the effect is the same, whether it's governmental entity doing it or a corporation. And I'll, I'll say this about corporations doing it. You live in the freest country in the world. We have a history that goes back hundreds of years. I've talked about the Gutenberg Bible. I've talked about um, how... Our system of government comes from Grecian and Roman uh, learning and, and law going through the English Isles and the Magna Carta and, and the parliamentary government until it came here and we formed our own system. It, we didn't think it up here in the United States. It's part of... European evolution, European thought, and I mean evolution in the proper sense of it, not scientific false evolution, but evolution as in a process of thinking. And that's one of the problems that we have with uh, you know critical race theory and that teaching kids that, that you're evil because you are white it's and all sorts of other junk about about that because our form of government like i said evolved from European thinking. Sorry, it did not come out of Africa. It did not come out of China. It did not come out of India. It came out of Europe. And when you castigate anything that is European, European thought, European thinking, what you're doing is undermining the basis, the foundation of this government. Of this, I don't even want to say the government, of the greatest country that this world has ever seen. Yeah, 
the greatest, the freest for everyone. Or is it perfect? It's made up of men and women. Men and women are liars. Look at Congress! Look at the president! What's amazing is that the men, and they were all men, uh, 250 years ago, came up with this great document that has lasted this long. Um, and frankly, democracies usually last about 200, 250 years before they devolve into, um, into a dictatorship. <laughs> if I can go back into history, let me take a little bit of water here. Again. People at the time of the founding of this country were predicting that we would collapse and become a dictatorship. Just the way that France did. France tried to imitate what we had done. And they didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have the practice of English uh, parliamentary democracy. <laughs> yeah. France fell into tyranny. The tyranny was put down by a military uh, coup. Then Napoleon was the leader of that coup. He became the dictator. And he ruled France and most of Europe hmm, for about uh, 15 years or so. Um, but the point I'm trying to say is we did it right here in the United States. But now, when you have wars come up, like the Civil War, like the First World War, eh, not so much in the Second World War, but the government can use the power that they have to suppress you, to repress you. Okay, we're almost at war in the Ukraine. What happens if we do go to war there? What if we do send troops in there? And we're, we've got men and women in harm's way. We are actively fighting um, Vladimir Putin, the evil one. And we are fighting him on uh, the Ukrainian soil. Hey, we even go into Russia itself. Now... <laughs> Just like the Vimeer, um, not Vimeer, the, the Vermach uh, went into Russia, so do we. Now, if I come on this radio and say Russia's winning, Russia won this, this battle, that are, <laughs> I'm going to be the enemy of the state. Am I going to be shut down? Am I going to be thrown into prison for being a, a Putin puppet? Same thing with uh, the gas prices. Joe Biden was bragging today how uh, he's going to allow more ethanol to be used. E-15 is what it's called. Uh, it's here in one of these stories, but 
E15, and that's going to be the way to to save the day. <laughs> it's going to bring down gas prices because Putin has raised the prices. Well, I'll just remind you, we were paying uh, about 225 at the end of Donald Trump's uh, time in office. And let me see where the date's on here. Okay. I've got 299 per gallon on uh, on 7 that's July 16th. Then on July 28th, the price of regular at this shell station I go to all the time was $3.05. Then on uh, August 13th, it was 3.19. Let me go to the next page here. And, okay, this jumps all the way up to November. Sorry I didn't keep more accurate records, but you'll get the point. 349 in November. December 20th, it was 339. Oh, it went down a dime. How about that? And get this, on January 8th. It went down a dime again, 329. Wow, what a break, what a break. Then, let's go to the next page. That's out of order because that is March of this year. Okay, we'll go with March of this year. 385. Okay, that was after the, uh, the invasion of uh, Ukraine, March. Even before there was an invasion, the price of gas was going up. It was going up dramatically because Joe Biden and his administration has been cutting back on the supply of domestic oil here in this country. He's been cutting back on pipelines and not only the Keystone pipelines, but uh, many others. And he's been increasing regulations. Now he wants to use more ethanol, which comes from corn, which takes more energy to make ethanol uh, from corn than it would if, if it was just used for food and if we used oil. So <laughs> you're using more energy to make an additive to gas that doesn't really give you that much more power when he should just be opening up the pipelines and allowing for more drilling to go on in this country. But that, during a time of war, or if there's a severe economic crisis, or if we have another, uh, you know, COVID-15 pandemic come around, that would be misinformation that might get me shut down, might get me thrown in, into jail. And there's a lot of people. There's the, uh, the dirty dozen that the government put out, uh, 12 different, uh, some were doctors, some were, were broadcasters that, uh, that were shut out of, of Twitter or Facebook because they had different opinions of, of COVID. There is a t- 
front, America's frontline doctors were shut down and taken off of social media because they said hydroxychloroquine works. They were saying, we've used hydroxychloroquine. We've used ivermectin. But the government and Big Pharma are into the COVID-19 vaccine. They're making a ton of money off of it. And they're controlling people in this country. They are limiting your ability to move. They are limiting uh, your ability to speak. And they've even changed the way we vote. Doing mail-in ballots, which, yes, are susceptible to huge disruptions and uh, the huge... um, malfeasance and cheating yeah the election was stolen yeah NATO started the war in uh, Ukraine not Putin yeah COVID-19 was created by Anthony Fauci in the Wuhan uh, Chinese laboratory out there a bioweapons laboratory to Attack the United States. Anthony Fauci is a traitor. Now, what am I looking for? Okay, right there. Went right past it. So, anyhow, time for me to close up. I only hit one subject tonight. Oh, boy. I I was worried about uh, not having enough material. And it stretched the whole hour. Oh, what am I going to do? I wanted to make a short podcast on this tomorrow morning. But have a great weekend, people. And uh, thank you for listening. Do call in again next week. And just God bless. Have a great weekend. This is a Dunn's Deal. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in Friday evenings at 6.05 for Jim's perspective on the issues of the week. You're listening to WNRI Woonsocket.